my timeline's all moving like a rumbling, shaking something. I ran out of nouns. What the f is going on down there? Hello, welcome to WTF at TFW, another weekend recording on this, the 12th of June, 2016. Uh, my name is uh, Chris Vangelis, and I'm joined by Seth Buzzard. Hey, buddy. Hi. What's happening? I, it's real happening. Uh, we're on a weekend, uh, partly, it, actually almost entirely because I have improv classes again, and I said, hey, how about we record on a weekend? And Seth was like, all right. I... I'm not doing anything on a weekend except for playing Overwatch. I still haven't bought it. Loser. I've been watching people talk about playing it. I've unlocked some really cool skins. Have you got the Dick Tracy skin? No, I don't play that dude at all. Ah. Um, McCree. I'm really, really bad uh, when I do use them. Like, right now, so every week there's a rotating... Um, special game mode and this last week has been random characters so every time you die you get a new character Yeah, <clears throat> and that's the only time I ever play McCree so I'm not very good and they're going to be nerfing McCree in an upcoming update Oof. so it's like why, what's the point of trying to get use of this guy if they're going to tweak him nah, I can dig that yeah are you? Uh, I guess. I guess he was intended to be the answer for specific situations, like okay, like he's the dude that handles these characters. Yeah. But it turns out he handles like everybody. <laughs> so they kind of want to get him back into his box, and then a character who I do use a lot, Diva, is going to get some sort of a, some sort of a boost. Cool. But in the the notes that they put out or the the post that they did, they're not sure if. They're going to increase her armor so she lasts a little bit longer, or if they're going to increase the damage of her guns. But it's going to be one or the other, not both. And are, are you kind of still focusing on one or two characters, or are you are you reaching out a little bit class-wise at least? I have a handful. Like I have at least one character in each category that I feel comfortable with. Awesome. So, like in the tank, Diva and Reinhardt, the giant German tech knight guy. Yeah. Um, I'll switch between them for different situations. Um, uh, Torbjorn, uh, the dwarf, is one of my favorites. Um, if I'm doing, if, if I'm going to do some sort of healing kind of stuff, I'll switch between Lucio or Mercy, depending on on the map. And then down on like the attacker DPS end. Um, I, I'll usually use Farah, and sometimes I'll use um, um, ah, I forget his name the the creepy guy with the shotgun. Oh, Reaper. The Reaper guy. Yeah, Reaper. Yeah, the Reaper guy. Reaper. <laughs> um, and once in a while I use Soldier seventy six, who I like. I I want to try to use him more. That's good. But, uh, like that sounds like you're able to to be the teammate everyone wants, which is the person who can fulfill the part of the team that nobody's picking. If you're in one of those teams. Yeah. Like I pick my character based on the map. A lot of the times mm -hmm. like, okay, this is a good map for turrets. Okay. This is like a, an escort, the payload thing. So it's handy to have a, uh, 
have a Reinhardt to put up his shield so everyone could kind of get behind you and move the thing along. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then, like, so some maps I I think Pharaoh works better on for, with her flying. And then uh, both Diva and Reaper, I found, are really good harassment characters. Because you can get around behind the enemy. Like Diva's little rocket boosts. Like I found a few little shortcuts around the edges of the map that you can't get unless you have somebody that could fly in some way or teleport like Reaper can. Like these big gaps that you can't get get across normally. And you could use like those characters to kind of get around behind the enemy and just cause trouble. Like distract them, maybe take out a couple and, and then give your team a chance to move up or or catch them in a crossfire kind of a thing. Sweet. And that's fun. Just kind of getting around the back and, and harassing the uh, the other team. Shotgun harassment. Yeah. I'm... Or blowing up your mech and wiping out like three to five dudes at a time. I've been playing some more Transformers Earth Wars on my iOS device. Oh. And I've uh, got I've gotten up to having an HQ level of eight, and I've got uh, I've got a healthy team of three star and two star Decepticons, a few one stars in the bottom. Have not spent any money. I've just gotten real lucky with a couple of my crystal drops. So I figured I'd take that uh, as a, a good sign to just keep trucking along through that that thing and continue put, like pasting my way through the mire of. The you've played this for three hours. Now the game's gonna get real unkind and try to make you want to spend money section <laughs> of the game. But uh, it's 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 pretty okay. Like it's apparently a lot like Clash of Clans, except that anyone who plays Clash of Clans then retorts with, "Well, it's similar, but it's actually quite different in several ways." But it's of that genre. It's not as good. Some people said that it was better because the special abilities were were more fun. I don't know. I never played Clash of Clans. But it's all right. I'm in a I'm in a an alliance. Uh, Snake Eyes, some numbers on the boards made a, a TFW uh, Decepticon alliance, and uh, just we just won our second war. So we're doing stuff. Wow. Yeah, I watched a video um, about how to play Clash of Clans, and I came away from that with the opinion of I never want to play that sort of game yeah it's like you you can what you do is you can choose which units spawn and where and then they just start walking forward Uh and then you can fire off their special abilities yourself and i believe that being able to fire off their special abilities is part of what's making the transformers one more interesting for some people like that's that's what's kept me interested is that i'm actually playing a game to some degree when things are happening which is already a cut above that Transformers card game from a couple years ago. But well, I'm still I'm also still playing Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and if anybody out there needs a guild to join, we're desperate for more members. All right, here to here. Our our alliance is full, as I understand it. Oh, so no one, no one we, we have a, a maybe like forty four, forty five slots available. <laughs> All right, join up. Ask Seth for more info. I, at Seth Buzzard on Twitter. There you go. Or post in the forum thread. In uh, the video game sub forum of TFW 2005, 
moderated by the ever... I'll be- never see it in there. Are you crazy? You gotta <laughs> post in the thread for this episode. Oh, I was hoping to get Bradder some traffic. Yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> uh, Seth, let's... He posted it, a political opinion on Twitter today. I think I... I agreed with it, but still. I think I retweeted two of those. I don't, I don't know if that's any different. Yeah. Uh, well, you said the date of this when we're recording, so people could figure out what we might be talking about, but we're not going to discuss it here. Yeah, because it's incredibly sad and frustrating. So instead, we're going to talk about the, for some people, frustrating and sad, I guess, uh, like third release of Transformers the movie to disc. Uh, this shouldn't be frustrating and sad, because apparently the 20th anniversary edition is now somewhat expensive to try to track down. So now we've got a... <laughs> Mine has signatures all over it. Oh, now, yeah. that's But not the ones you'd want. Nope. <laughs> or the best ones? Uh, what do you mean the best ones? The, I got every one from the fan commentary track. Yeah, and like I don't even know if that's on this 30th anniversary one. Oh, I'd be surprised. I, me too. If it was. <laughs> but uh, this is going to be out on Blu-ray and I think DVD? Um coming out on September 13th. Uh, and the cover is by Livio Ramondelli, but it's, like, a lot brighter than his usual art. And it's making me kind of wish that he got a chance to draw art that was this bright more often, because I think this looks real sharp. It looks a lot better than a lot of his comic interiors. I mean, granted, this is a poster-style cover, but this is some of the best art I've seen Livio do in, in ages. Um... So I'm looking forward to this coming out, and also for, you know, another generation of folks who would like to own this movie and missed out on the 20th anniversary one. Well, guess what? We've got a 30th anniversary one. Um, So I, I'm, I'm mildly excited about this. Seth, how are you feeling about this? I feel all right. Um, now, they said it's remastered, so hopefully they do a better job than that 20th anniversary one, because wasn't the deal, like... Some parts were cleaned up and remastered, and some parts were kind of gar- garbage still, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was kind of messy. Um, just scrolling through the thread, like, uh, I saw a, tw- a tweet about this, too. Like, someone who was working on this, they got the original 35 millimeter print to make this new master. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's going to, uh, it's, it's going to hopefully be, like, the cleanest one yet. Like, they're, like, I think that even the last one, there, there was still a little bit of, like, um, sourcing from, if not multiple sources. It, I think it sourced from, like, something that was a little bit unclean here and there. Um, so, hopefully, yeah, this is hopefully going to be the cleanest, most direct transfer of the film. Um, which is great news, because that film has got some super strong visuals to this day. Yeah, do we know who's doing it? Shout Factory. Okay. And the other one was Rhino, right? So I the twentieth anniversary I was don't it Rhino? Remember anymore. <laughs> Cause I, I wanna say Rhino. I think it was Rhino, but I also I can't remember if that was like Shout Factory's first thing they did with Transformers. Oh no, you know mm. what? In right in here in the thread, someone's saying that that was a Sony release. The uh the twentieth oh. anniversary one. So Rhino did something Transformers in. They did all the box sets. Okay, that's what I'm thinking the, of. The big chrome box sets. <clears throat> that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And uh, I think one. I think the first Armada box set as well. Gross. It's like the last thing they did. Um, 
So that's uh, that's good. Armada ruined them. <laughs> yes, that is why they shut down specifically. It's not. But this hopefully will uh, satisfy a lot of folks and remind a lot of folks that hey, Transformers the movie from '86. It's not the best movie in the world, but it, it's got some super sharp stuff in it. And uh, it's one of my favorite movies. It's full of uh, pop culture references. You can hear the first time anyone said something about standing, but then another one is going to also fall down. So get your nostalgia whatever's into the positions they're in for nostalgia. Uh, Seth, we also had a Tokyo Toy Show happen. It happened. And we got some pictures of things there. Things. The first biggest piece of news out of there, I think, and this is all actually pretty big news, but this being Masterpiece, it's like just slightly up there above everything else. They had a color prototype test shot something, uh, just a very nice color version of the upcoming Masterpiece Inferno right there on the show floor with all of his accessories laid out. Um, So this guy is following the trend of Rodimus, Ironhide, and Ratchet in being even more animation-oriented than the Hasui-era Masterpiece cars were. Um, to the point of, like, having a non-chromed animation-style chest. Uh, He's also going to have both head designs, three different faces, uh, a big squirty water effect. (laughs) Uh, Like, hoses and things. And then, most amusing of all, he's going to have a third replacement chest that has a giant cradle built onto it so that you can have Red Alert lie in his arms. Uh, the cradle will help support that pose, uh, which means that this toy prob- probably, but who knows? It, it, this implies to me the toy may not be able to hold Red Alert by himself. Uh, so there's Whoa. there's an entire cradle to help you do it. Which then implies to me this toy's hip joints are going to be rock friggin' solid. Um, we also see a gray version of the fire truck mode, which looks a whole lot like the G1 toy, so it's it's like a fire truck that gets kind of weird and gappy in the back. And uh, he looks decently poseable. Uh, he looks dumpy, as an Inferno does. So uh, I think he looks pretty cool. Uh, also, the big news of this reveal is that his entire ladder folds up inside of his chest and a red panel on the back covers it up, thus giving the illusion that the ladder has completely disappeared. Which is, which is pretty great. That's a pretty cool piece of engineering. So, uh, yeah, this guy is coming out in uh, the fall or winter. I can't remember which. That October, November, December area. And uh, I think he looks he looks nice. Um, Seth, how do you feel about this guy? Great. I think the robot mode looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you're going to... The the fire truck mode is going to be what it is because of, of the design <clears throat> and what it's... Uh, recreating but with the cradle like it might be one of those cases where it could hold up a red alert if you balanced it just perfectly mm-hmm. but if you wanted it for a display like if you wanted to display it like that having the cradle is probably a handy little uh extra be a weird decision for long-term display <laughs> i think Maybe anyway not. i i got i have a little problem with the cradle in particular which is... You got Cradle Beef? Yeah, I got Cradle Beef. Uh, also, he's got a lot of accessories, like to an Ironhide level. I don't hate the accessories that came with Ironhide, but I paid for all of them. I don't use basically any of them. Uh, when I opened up the box, 
I looked at the box and I was like, this box would have been half the size if these accessories weren't in here and it probably would have cost less to ship. That cradle is going to make Inferno's box sizable, more so than it already was going to be. And I think that Inferno's box is going to be a layout just like Ironhide's, where it's going to be, I'm going to guess, a, sh a Masterpiece shockwave size box with a fire truck inside filling up half of it and the other half being all these accessories. And this is like the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't remember the word now, not pedantic. Petty. It's like the pettiest beef I could have. But when I see this wall of accessories, the first thing I'm seeing is, well, that's going to make him cost more to buy and cost more to ship before I start thinking, oh, those accessories are cool. Um, I get where they're coming from. It it adds a premium value. But to me, having gone through the experience with Ironhide, I know for a fact I'm going to leave most of those behind after like the first hour. And so it's kind of like, ah, that's a bummer. I would have liked to spend like 20 bucks less on the guy if I could. Well, kind of starting with Red Alert, a lot of them have come with accessory pieces to to reenact or harken back to something that happened once for a couple of seconds in the cartoon. Yeah, and when they're small little things, that's cool. Is yeah. the cradle is the main one because I'm like, yeah, that's there's there's no flat way to pack that. <laughs> Like you can you can disassemble it to some degree, but like yeah, it's going to be a bunch of plastic that I'll use like once. But it's also adorable as an accessory item, so I can't sit there going like they should have just cut it out. It's just like ah, I see the money before I see the fun here. Um, also, he has stickers to add uh, the Red Alert logo, and uh, there are two Autobot symbol stickers. The top one is more animation style, like that more animation style insignia for Shockwave, whereas the bottom one is more toy style. And I like that that's becoming a recurring theme. Uh huh. Um, so that this is a this looks like a pretty solid drop so far. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna pick him up. Uh, he. Hopefully, we'll have that nice tactile hand feel factor that Ironhide has as well. Because when a toy is that big, I want I want him to feel good when he transforms. Like to me, the transformation is going to be the feature of this Inferno, as it as it was with Ironhide. Um, that's that's what I'm hoping for at least. It's just a friggin' cool transformation. But none of these are coming with the the rub faction symbols, the heat rub symbols. They're not truly masterpieces at all. Nope, they're more like master garbage. Garbage pieces. Trash to piece garbage formers. There's some forum portmanteau for y'all. Uh, so that's one masterpiece news drop. Um, before we get to the next one, there was also this reveal, which was not supposed to be seen by anybody, it turns out. Uh, this was a, a great prototype reveal they did that was supposed to not have photos taken. Um, so we're we're getting that Headmaster Powermaster Prime in Titan's Return. Uh, the Japanese version is going to have a whole bunch of new retooling, while ours is already heavily retooled. This is going to have new, new retooling with new guns, new feet with ankle tilts, and new arms with no hollow bits. Uh, to change this from Power Master Prime to, to even more so be Super Jinrai, although it will still be a Headmaster, that was confirmed. Uh, there also might be a new helmet design, but we're not sure. Uh, also, according to a Twitter exchange, Hideaki Yuki, who revealed this at the show, 
did not want photos taken of this and was uh, somewhat saddened to be tweeted with photos of it. So uh, don't make it. Just so you know. Yeah, don't. We took those pictures you didn't want us to take. Want to make sure you know that. Don't make Yuki sad. I'm going to rub it in. (laughs) Also, according to uh, to this thing, like like they are going to go all in for all for for the base mode as well. I'm wondering if there's going to also be new tooling for the base mode to make it more resemblant of Power Master Prime's original. Oh, the picture isn't good enough. With, there's the heads in the way. Yeah, all these numb nuts in the front, not sitting yeah. down for the camera. Thanks. Yeah, squat down, numb nuts. Um, Yuki did tweet a sketch of the thing to confirm that it was actually a thing. Uh, which I, I guess is just like here's here's kind of what I think it'll look like. Here's here's a picture for y'all. Um, so I think that's cool. Uh, it's following the pattern that the Japanese side of Titans Return is kind of looking categorically superior, for the most part. Not not a hundred percent, of course, but uh, it's 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 getting a whole lot of extra bells and whistles on on the the Japanese end, uh, which is nothing new. It's just a, it's a cycle that we'd moved out of for a while, I think. That we are moving deeper and deeper back into, um, for no. Just pr- oh, good. It just proves once again that Takara cares more about the fans than Hasbro. Yep. Who's Tomi? I don't know. Who cares? But I, 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 uh, I also think like this. This is this shouldn't really be like a huge shock or anything. Like it's just the way it rolls sometimes. And if you want to get versions of them that I, hopefully at least will be a whole lot cheaper and you don't have to get them shipped, then you can get the ones that are domestic. They'll also be more toy style, whereas these will be more animation style. It's the pattern that began with Unite Warriors and Combiners, uh, Combiner Wars. So once we get in-hand shots and side-by-side shots, if you wait for stuff, then you're going to have this whole plethora of... of uh, comparisons you can a la carte yourself whatever version of the line you prefer but uh seth do you care enough about a a a super jinrai to potentially skip our power master prime no i mean just in regard to costs i'll settle for the inferior american version (laughs) is that we're gonna call it every time you, you you look at it too yeah, the inferior. Make Jinrai great again. The inferior um, Dillweed version. Yeah, who's Jinrai anyway? I know who Optimus Prime is. Uh, Jinrai is... Power a... Master makes him sound strong. Jinrai, that that sounds like the name of some guy that I don't know. Well, he Jinrai is a truck driver. He's Japanese. No, so he's just some guy. Just some nobody... Why? Optimus Prime is a superhero robot. I heard Jinrai has a real, you know, good square jaw and a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, whatever. I hear he's a nice guy. Nice guys don't save the day. (laughs) You think Optimus Prime's not a nice guy? He saves the day. (laughs) True. He's got power. He's a power master. (laughs) The nice guy part comes second. Yeah. Uh... The no, I mean it. It will be disappointing when like I get the the garbage cheap <laughs> dollar store ver- American version and look at these hollow garbage arms and ankles that don't tilt. And you just see Who the you just the see the trash bin just sliding closer to you yeah. while you're looking at the toy. Might as well not get any version. You should just yeah, just stay home. Save my money. Why even go out anymore? No, just stay inside. 
Yeah, it's nicer inside. Yeah. There's Overwatch inside. <laughs> uh, a, so the other piece of Masterpiece news was that we have a confirmed great prototype version uh, on display of a second Masterpiece Beast Wars toy. <gasps> uh, now these are, the Masterpiece Beast Wars Primal was shown to more or less be in scale with all those Generations Beast Wars toys that were coming out, which were all pretty solid, with the exception of two. Dinobots, I think, still okay. But oh, Cheetor was not okay. So guess oh, what? Oh, Cheetor. Masterpiece Cheetor is happening. Okay. And he's on display. He's uh, following the pattern of Optimus Primal. He's going to have three different robot faces, three different cat faces. Uh, <laughs> he's going to have his uh, his gut gun from the you know that comes out of the gut of the Cheetah mode. But then uh, they're also including his, I believe, toy only Quasar rifle, which was formed by the Cheetah's butt. So he's going to have all of his toy guns on hand, uh, and then three different cheetah expressions. The one that's on there, when the eyes are unpainted, and you look at it from an up angle, like a lot of the photography, he looks kind of stoned. That's been pointed out by many people. I just want to confirm it. Um, I think this looks, again, real cool. Like uh, the There's also, like, there were uh, a painted version of uh, Primal on display. The Beast Wars Masterpiece toys have very panel-liney beast modes because eventually you run into reality. But the transformations and the things they're doing, I think, look super fascinating. And I'm, I'm excited to mess with both of these. Uh, Seth, how are you feeling about Masterpiece Cheetos? Um, I mean, it looks, it looks like it's shaping up pretty well. But again, like with Optimus Primal, I'll probably pass for the sake of money's spent mm-hmm. but i i'm pretty impressed with how how much the robot mode doesn't just look like stand up the kitty yeah like they're they're doing that same thing with primal where it's following like skeletally it's probably it is probably a standing kitty but they're just doing tons to make everything reshape while it does so yeah because his legs look like robot legs like robot man legs not cat legs yeah so that is very good. Yeah, and uh, and I like how many joints are on uh, on the cheetah mode as well. And uh, Seth, I, I I think you might have mentioned this, but the cheetah has whiskers. Yeah, they just look like clear little wire bit stuck in. Looks like you could flick them. Uh, there's another noisy aircraft coming. I could hear it in the distance. Oh, here we go. Very loud today. These airplanes. Uh, the, the California um, air show traffic. Is that what's going on? No, How I have you know? no idea. No, no, actually, you know um, what I do? I, I'm the one who uh, organized the air show. Uh, oh. I didn't know we were recording today until after we'd laid in all the dates. So, oh, uh-huh. sure. I'm trying to bring sabotage. some prestige to your town. Okay, You're trying to sabotage me? Yeah, that's right. Ah, uh, ah, uh, what's up with Seth? Always having planes flying around his house. It's uh he should get better airspace. Thanks for the feedback. Getting your airspace. Yeah, and another thing that I think is kind of cool <laughs> is in robot mode, it's just not the the beast mode cheetah head on his chest. It's like a flatter kind of thing going on there. Yeah, like in the show. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, they, they're not trying to, they're not, uh, this. like, I, I know there are people who are very particular about fake chests, but sometimes I think it works better. And in this case, yeah. it completely works better. So otherwise, you'd have a whole che- like big round thing sticking off his his chest, and it just doesn't yeah. look right. Um, I don't know if there was a date on this guy. 
but I'm not sure he would be this year. Uh, I would expect, like, early 2017. I'm skimming the article. I'm not seeing anything about date. Yeah. I I would be astounded if this guy comes out in 2016. So Would you be astounded or stupefied? I don't get... Would you be flabbergasted? My flabber doesn't gast, and I don't... I don't enfiatize my stupid. I just get ass-tounded. I town my ass. Mm. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard that you town your ass. Yeah. That's all I've heard. <laughs> it's word around town. Yeah. Grin uh, was telling me he won't stop towning his ass all over my apartment. <laughs> so like, I'm not sure what that means, and I don't think I want to know. It's kind of territory marking thing. Like when you hung up all those Canadian flags. Yeah, well, I, t- I town my ass. Like I don't know if you know this, but I mean I've shared rooms with with you and a lot of other people at conventions. I town my ass all over the place, all in your suitcases, everything. Like I just have to, otherwise I don't feel like I, I can sleep. Yeah, and y'all laughed at me when I wouldn't go into the bathroom without something on my feet. Yeah, well you know yeah. Y'all laughed at me, said I was paranoid. Yeah, secret. I tounded my ass all over that floor. Yeah, and I'm the only one that didn't get ass foot. That's that's right. Get everybody else get a nasty case of that Canadian ass foot. Yeah, everyone else went home with Canadian ass foot. Not me. Not me. And I, I, no I played way. dumb back then because I was like, "Hey, I'm going to keep this under my under my shirt." But you know, I'm. It's not even under my shirt anymore. It's in my pants, and it's out. It's out for the world to see. The rest of you are all walking around that filthy hotel room barefoot. No way. Yep, I was just sitting there licking my lips. That's right. Get my get my ass all yeah, over you. You were doing it too. Yeah. You had the previous tenant stuff all over your feet. <laughs> I don't, no, it's, it's a sterilizing thing. I've I towned ass all over that floor, and then whatever else is there gets wiped out by ass towned. <laughs> it's all over your town ass. Yeah. I wiped it up with your town ass. And anyway. I buffed that thing. We got one other anyway. piece of Masterpiece news. Uh, what? Man, what's with all the Masterpiece news? Ramjet happened some months ago. The first masterpiece uh-huh. conehead, the like third generation pseudo kit bash of the poor suffering masterpiece Starscream mold, and it was it was a janky weird thing. The shoulders were built backwards on like half of them, and I thought like okay, I guess they just had they had that tooling. I guess they're done. No, thrust is coming out with new wings and even has a new face. And uh, Ian Reed, Hard Return uh, of HardReturn.net, pointed out Thrust's face sculpt is actually pretty magnificent because he looks like a just a thick-headed idiot. He's just got a low brow, he's mouth-breathing, all like, Ugh! and he looks like a guy called Thrust. And I, I really like that face sculpt. I handled Hard Return's Ramjet, I don't think I actually want to own any version of this Conehead thing, because it is, like, just a half step away from feeling more like a customization to me than a actual retool. It just feels so weird and Frankenstein in a, in a, some very clever ways, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, like, this, you know, in that context, this guy does look pretty alright. Um, the Coneheads do have, I think, slightly nicer proportions, and their cockpits... Uh, tapered down rather than up, which is an improvement over the, the Seeker version of the mold. Um, so, Seth, how do you feel about Masterpiece thrusts? Uh, also, everything you said. <laughs> um, uh, I gave up on the Masterpiece Seekers after the original Starscream. And I know they made improvements and stuff, but 
I mean, they're just the size and the cost. It makes it... I just couldn't get myself into the idea of potentially getting at least six. Yeah. Um, then, like, alternate versions of the various star screams. So I'm just like, I'm just going to stick with this odd-colored one that I'll never transform again for fear of breaking the wings off and call it a day on the Jets. Do you feel any temptation by the cone, like to, to own a conehead version? Not really. You're not a, you're not a conehead man. But if I man. did, it probably would be thrust. Hmm. Like that was the one conehead I had as a kid. Um. So yeah. Like hopefully he'll he'll have like properly assembled shoulders across the board this time. Yeah. Hopefully you would hope that they would have. Uh, there would have been a memo sent out in regard to assembly. Yeah. Uh, he, he's apparently going to be limited to 2,000 pieces in Japan. Um, I saw some scuttlebutt that that does not necessarily mean there will only be 2,000 thrusts, just that Japan will get 2,000 of them. Because, uh, of course, Hasbro Asia tends to get their own share of things, too. But this guy has, again, like, you know, in case you might have glazed over it, dear listener, go look at that thrust face sculpt. That's a a magical thing that I glazed over until Hard Return pointed it out to me. And it's it's just great. Like, he just looks so stupid. <laughs> it's like a proper evil villain thug. Uh, I think that about does it for Masterpiece news, though. So we only had... Yeah. There's only three Masterpiece release news releases at this Tokyo Toy Show. This time. Worst Tokyo Toy Show ever. There was also a new piece of Unite Warriors news... Uh, UWEX Lynx Master is the Japanese version of Sky Rain, who comes with the same team members barring one. Smokescreen is out, and Ratchet is in with his pre-tooled Ratchet head that appeared at uh, the BotCon 2016 customization class. So I'm real happy there's a non-unpainted version uh, and way uh, to get the Ratchet head. And I th- am actually getting tempted by Lynx Master because Hound, Wheeljack... And Trailbreaker all look incredibly nice uh, compared to the American versions. So typical, typical uh, American versions being trounced by Takara's fan-oriented mastery of the the brand. I bet these all have ankle tilts too. Yeah, like you can't see them in here, but I bet they will when you open the box. They'll just grow out of those, those, those shins. Uh. So the, the only bummer about this to me is I was really hoping it would it would be even weirder and that the like all the limbs would be new guys. I understand that that also is I, it takes me like about two seconds to say to myself, oh, that's also a, a highly unreasonable demand to make of this piece because Japan didn't get any of these guys. But the Ratchet inclusion, I think, is great. This turns this also into another defensor where people are going to start thinking, like, should I should I be getting this just to get Ratchet? Uh, I think there's going to be less people doing that than there there were for Groove, but could still be a thing. Uh, Seth, do you feel anything about uh, Lynx Master? No, I have no feelings at all. I'm completely dead inside, and withered away. Oh, no. Um, yeah. It already happened. Well, well all the limbs um, for the garbage, lower-quality dollar store American <laughs> version, I decided to pass on. So, 
Yeah. Hey, you can, you can get, keep passing. You get them the but, first time with this guy. Yeah, and well, I expect there to be like a web exclusive ratchet now. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, guess what? Now we've got a ratchet and we've got shuttle blast off. Perhaps returning next May. Like they could be another May mayhem now that there's two of them. Next May. Well, I mean, May is when they dropped Groove, and that's when they dropped Wild Rider and uh, Slingshot. So, that seems like the time for them to do web-exclusive things. And it just wouldn't come out whenever, like, the other ones? Like, they didn't all come out in May, did they? Yeah, they did. Uh, It was a year in between? Yeah, it didn't feel like it, but yeah, it was. Wow. (laughs) No, I I had the same, like, I I was originally thinking the same thing, but like... uh, well, next year seems like it would be way too far away from Combiner Wars. Could be. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. They'll just come with, with Headmasters as well, and they can be Titans Return. Uh, I'm real happy that Trailbreaker also has his like his unique hand-foot gun that turns into a giant Trailbreaker claw. Uh, that That's a very unsung and unnoticed feature of that, that release that was really cool. Um, so Link's Master is coming out, I think, in October. Um, I might do him, but I'm not sure if I will. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I have a combiner problem I have identified. Like, they, the pre-orders just went up for all the Titans Return stuff, and my reaction has been like, ah, I'll just wait till they're out in the store. But I should go track down Victorion, and oh my god, G2 Bruticus just released. Oh, and I got my Unite Warriors Grand Galvatron. Like, I think that I've I've realized I just really like combiners, and that my love of combiners is trumping just about everything. Yeah. Well, if I hadn't come across the dollar store knockoff garbage American Skylinks, mm-hmm. and, like, I just had never found it... Um, then I might be more tempted. Then maybe I would have given in on getting the limbs or gone this way. But another reason not to get it is I really just have no need for a second Skylynx, even if it has ankle tilts and uh, bicep swivels and it does and have better uh, paint. It does have bicep swivels and not hollow parts. Yeah, and like and and it looks more like uh, it looks more like Super Jinrai. Yeah, and a couple hundred dollar bills tucked in. It's <laughs> just inside the cavities. Yeah, it comes with a couple hundred dollar bills. Yeah, not like our stupid, our prick American Skylinks who doesn't have any money in him at all. Yeah, when you order it, you check off what form of currency you prefer. USD, CND. CAD. CAD, whatever Australia uses for money. AUD, like, I believe, is Australia. A pile of colored rocks or something. <laughs> I don't know what they use for money. They use plastic money. They They had plastic money before we did. I thought they were still using a pile of colored rocks. No, that's uh, Tasmania. Oh. Like, I'm not... Look, I mean, I get it. I used to think that way. But then, you know, it's it's the 21st century. You gotta keep up on this stuff. You know? Tasmania is the colored rocks. You walk into a store. You say, good day. And then you dump out a pile of rocks. And they give you beer. And knives. And then you get bit by a shark. Or something. That's how Australia works, as far as I know. I think nowadays they kind of they dialed back on the sharks. It's more about the the spiders now, like, oh. the, like the the giant venomous spiders. Mm. No spiders. It's a different demographic. It's a different era. 
Millennial spider pricks. <laughs> yeah, not not like your classic. You're good. You're you're wholesome. You're honest Gen X sharks. Yeah. Uh, that about does it for our Tokyo Toy Show news as well. Um, like Unite Warriors Computron was on display there. Uh, it's our first look at like I think f that many photos of a physical copy of them, but also. It was just the Computron guys standing there, so I didn't really feel super jazzed because he's going to be out in like two months. So or Cliff Jumpered, Cliff Jumpered. Yeah. Whenever you say that you don't feel jazzed about something, I in my head I I then think or Cliff Jumper. I get it. I don't feel jazzed or Cliff Jumper. <laughs> it took me way too long. I said the I've said that before, like a couple years ago. Huh. I made the same. Joke. I was like, is Cliff Jumper? But even like the... listening to even number episodes, like you'll be like, I'm not jazz, and in my head I go, Orange Cliff Jumper. You should start yelling it out loud, like while you're listening. A to lot the show. of the day I work kind of by myself, so you could. It wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> Just sitting there, Cliff Jumpered, Cliff Jumpered. Uh. Just in time for an ambulance to drive by my building. I've got us a listener awesome. question. You got ambulances, I got aerial planes. Yeah. Which one do you like better, listener? The aerial planes or the ambulances? Uh, let us know in our listener ambient noise feedback thread poll, and we'll see what we can do to ensure more of the winner. I, I don't know what we would do if someone said, I want more airplanes. Got to do something. Record on the weekends more often? Yeah. Because when we record during the week, it's usually much later and nighttime, and the odds of an aeroplane flying around are significantly lessened. Yeah, all the airplanes go into their nighttime hibernation. Yeah. Oh, if we get really lucky, that D bag with an ultralight might fly around one of these days while we're recording. That thing makes a lot of noise for a little tiny piece of crap. Oh, goody. <laughs> Is it like a high-pitched whine, or is it more like a low thrum? No, it's like a lawnmower kind of just... Oh, wonderful. You know what an ultralight is, right? Is that, is that a... Tell me what an ultralight is. It's an engine with a propeller and a chair and like a hang glider wing. Oh, that's a lot kludgier than what I thought you meant. Yeah. <laughs> and you just sit in it. With nothing really kind of... I'm sure there's a seatbelt. But there's nothing around you. You're just sort of there. And every now and then, you'll be in this part of town, and you'll just hear something <laughs> screaming in the sky, and you'll look up, and there's this little tiny piece of crap thing putting along. I want to believe that that's and, just... And then you secretly wish, boy, that would be something if the guy just fell out right now. <laughs> well, I mean, it would... It would be something, but then it would be a whole nother something when his ultralight, like, crashes somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, there's barely anything to it. It's probably fine. It'll just bounce off a house. Well, if, if he falls out right away, like, across the street from the end of the runway is just a big empty golf course. Ah, yes. Planes have crashed there before. Like, much more substantial aircraft <laughs> have crashed into that golf course. Makes the golf course more interesting. Gives them more and there's terrain. there's some weird... Yeah, and then like just to the, just a little bit up the street is some weird like compound, like some weird religious sect compound with a gated fence and a high wall around it, and every now and then 
you'll go what is with all this traffic as like 200 cars are all leaving the compound at the same time that's just creepy yeah they could crash there yeah just crash your ultralight <laughs> into the compound then we can find out what the compound is the, yeah, you, you see what's going on you call it the compound like that shouldn't be normal <laughs> well every now and then you can kind of see a little bit and they'll be like there'll be like 20 people plowing like like a like road like they're plowing for planting plants like like a farm but they're doing it by hand like with hoes and spades like they don't have like mechanical equipment they'll all be kind of down there in the dirt working away like 20 people along these these plow rows and like one or two like overseers kind of walking up and down the rows with their hands behind their back this, like is, observing the work happening is this scientology or is this like no the, it's i think it's some sort of indian thing like like india indian because like the they'll have turbans they'll have like long roby gown kind of outfit still sounds like it could be secret scientologists seek scientologists <laughs> i don't know what's going on in there it's weird it's weird they're hiding stuff we got a manual labor we got a weird manual labor camp compound on one side of the road we got a, an ultralight screaming through the air on the other side of the road it's a whole thing there's a golf course in between that's that's just this that's a beautiful setting that's what that is yeah, welcome Petaluma. <laughs> Petaluma life. <laughs> now we have druids. Apparently, apparently we have druids. I didn't know there were druids until I saw a sign posted in a window. Druids wanted. That, no, the Petaluma barbecue is having a men's only steak barbecue cookout. Call for tickets. <laughs> Friggin' druids. Yeah, Petaluma druids. No ladies allowed. Yeah. Misogynistic druids. <laughs> they can just fit. They can complete the. Uh, okay, what have we got? Golf course. They can complete the four point, the tetrahedron, with the the manual labor work compound, the ultralight, and the golf course. Yeah, this is the I'm, f- I'm looking at the sign now. It says men's night, Petaluma druids, <laughs> steak BBQ, Friday, June seventeenth, twenty sixteen. Place Palmy Ranch. Time, refreshments, 5.30, dinner, 7.30. Tickets sold by the following. And then two people's names and phone numbers. Donation, $20. I bet the steak sucks. Probably. It's probably going to be tough. Yeah. Well, now that we've got the Petaluma update, uh, we also got a listener question from Dorsk812. Oh, Dorsk. He says, hello again. As I mentioned last time, I asked a question. I'm rather new to this great big thing called a fan. Sounds like a Star Wars character. Ah, uh, Dorsk. Dorsk. Or a Klingon. With honor. His last name is 812. That's his family name. Mm-hmm. His father, Kithra 812, died at Kittimer. Who didn't? I mean, really. yeah, everyone's dad died at Kittimer. <laughs> the whole frigging that whole frigging Klingon generation. It's just whose dad died worse at Kittimer. It was a men's only Korean, <laughs> not Korean. <laughs> wow. It was a men only Klingon Korean barbecue and dinner. The two big sticks and everything to slide all the mm-hmm. meat around on the grill. Yeah, and then the Romulans or somebody wrecked it. Yeah, yeah. Leave it to Romulans. 
Yeah, that are the Cardassians. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as Dorsk says, Dorsk says, I am rather new to this great big thing called a fandom, and with being new comes beginner issues. I personally don't have anyone who can give me an answer, mostly because there are, uh, <laughs> mostly because none are nerds. Uh, to this Everybody hates me. To this question, so I thought <laughs> I'd bring it here. Two years ago, I went to my first ever con and went to a panel featuring several Star Wars EU writers. I got in line to ask a question, and like most noobs, became a blubbing fool when I approached the mic. Now, at first, I thought I was kind of starstruck, but later I was able to talk with one author alone for a while and had no problem. Next con, it was the same. Ask a question, blubbering fool. Talk one-on-one, -on -one, okay. How do I get over this, and what is causing it? It's rather embarrassing. Thanks. Am I supposed Public to end speaking. with a click? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Seth basically has it right on the spot. I jumped the gun. Yeah, but you, I wasn't reading along. I didn't know that there was another sentence. I'm sorry. I apologize. How could you? But you're right. Like, <laughs> I was so excited to say something. It is a. It's a. It's a much scarier thing to talk to somebody with a few, even like just 50, 60 people sitting there watching you while you talk to them, than it is to sit down with someone one on one. Like, yeah, and they're probably on a podium or a dias they're behind a table or something mm -hmm. they're like in an elevated position of authority that's why when you watch late night talk shows the host always towers over the guest um it's a position of authority and power and then you're just some lowly plebe on the floor standing there like a jerk while everyone looks at you hoping you don't ask a stupid question and waste everyone's time with your idiot question as they Try to find a way to salvage your dumb idiot question with an answer. Seth's done this before. <laughs> I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified too. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of things like like as someone who is super comfortable talking to like various levels of convention celebrity, like one on one, or even in an autograph line. Autograph line has the same thing. I think there's a, there's a bunch of factors. You got all these people watching you. Then you also, and I think this is a bigger one, you feel like you don't want to waste everyone's time. Yeah. And thus you like, worry. In the back of your head, you're thinking about how long you've been in line. And there was probably somebody like five or six people before you who was just seemed to be there forever. And it's like, what's this guy doing? Move along. We all got places to be. And then, yeah. And then you get up there and it's like, I know I only have seconds. What do I do? Yeah. And then you panic and you blow it. And also in the back, you like, and this is a big thing that, that will affect anybody for the most part is you're probably also thinking about the, like the notion as you're asking the question, am I asking a dumb question? Is everyone, is this going to, am I going to be that guy that everyone talks about? So the best way to deal with this is, uh, it all comes down to public speaking training in a way. Like, I don't think you should actually go and pay for public speaking training just to ask questions at conventions. Unless you're just swimming in it, in which case, like, go forth and have fun. Uh, but the, there's, like, a few things that I find are helpful is, number one, like, especially since you have spoken to some of these authors alone, think about what that was like and try to turn the experience into that one-on-one -on -one conversation to a degree. Uh, also, and this is much harder, don't worry about failing is the other best thing like and it's, that's a very easy thing to say and it's a much harder thing to do but if you just go up and just ask your question and do it and don't worry about it uh, don't worry about what people will think of you don't worry that you're being judged don't worry about all the eyes looking at you and just ask your question that's that's what you got to try to find uh and I think that some people are able to do it more easily because it is more it's some people just don't don't mind as much or don't care as much about what other people around them are thinking. Uh, 
vice versa, perhaps. Some They're people... called sociopaths. <laughs> See, I would be a sociopath. <laughs> or pay for public speaking training. We got we got the best advice here on WTFDFW. Uh also I think like some some people are able to ask a question more easily because they just they're able to tunnel vision it a little bit. Like they just focus. They're like, I have a question. All right. My question is this. I'm gonna a- I asked my question. Here are my answer. Thank you. And they step away. Like they're able to to shut out all that background noise for the, because they have a very simple task at hand, which is I have a question I'm going to ask, and all I have to do is make eye contact and vocalize the question. Uh, and, like, if you can just boil it down to be that simple thing, I think it could help, but the social anxiety end of it is going to be different for everybody. I think we've mentioned this before, that, like, the social anxiety end of things for hanging out with other fans is going to be different for everybody. But don't feel like you're you're the weird one if you find it easier to speak to a a celebrity one on one rather than in front of a crowd because that's that's normal that's totally normal. Yeah, one of the things that I'll like tell myself sometimes if I'm trying to get myself hyped up to do something that that I get that kind of feeling on too, like oh, oh my god, like this is weird and awkward. I'm gonna make a fool of myself and it's gonna be dumb. And what what am I even doing? Um, I'll just kind of tell myself like, well, they all did it, like all those people did it, and it was fine. And they're no, I'm they're no better than me. Who do they think they are? Oh yeah, if you're not the first, I'm at least as decent a person as those idiots. <laughs> I'm probably better. Where do they get off asking questions? You don't necessarily have to categorize everyone around you as idiots, but, you know, if you do need it to, helps. It's, it makes life way easier. It's a way to go about business. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I, I found, well, like... Look, if you, can, if you just assume the people around you are idiots, when they do something stupid, then you expect it, and it's fine. And then when they're smart, it's like, oh, what a nice surprise. Yeah. Uh, they didn't let me down. <laughs> The, something that I found helpful, like, this is sort of parallel to this, but, like, when I've done things where I'm on the other side, where I'm sitting on the dais, on the podium, uh, running a panel of some kind, and I'm worried, like, in the back of my head, I'm worried, like, oh, is this panel any good? Is anyone actually even caring or enjoying anything being said? The thing that I help, I find helps make me focus a bit more is there's always going to be people sitting in the front row. So I just kind of look at the front row, and if I start getting nervous, I just... And when I'm speaking for my panel, I kind of make it a conversation between me and the front row for at least, you know, like like 10 or 20 seconds to kind of recenter myself a little bit and like like get my focus back in check. So in general, like having done a little bit of public speaking, uh, the thing that helps me deal with the notion of the crowd looking at me is by paring it down to being a conversation between me and a much smaller number of people. If not, like, like maybe even for a second, just I'm going to talk to this one person over here, make eye contact like that. That helps a lot uh, getting rid of that kind of nervousness. So, um, yeah, like the root of it, I would think would be the crowd. Um, anyone out there listening, if you've gone through a similar thing, like where you just you end up, you know, stuttering, stumbling over your words when you're speaking into the mic. Uh, asking a question at a convention, if, like if you were able to get over it, if you had any tricks, like share them in the thread. We're all here to have good conventions, and convention season is coming up. So those would be some con tips, I might even say. Hot convention pro tips. Um, Seth, do you remember the last time you asked a question at a convention of someone who was up on a table? 
I think I only ever did it once. And I can't even remember who it was or what I asked. Yeah. I've only... I was just never really that guy. I've only done it at TFCons now and then, but my problem... Like, I have a, diff- I have a much different problem trying to think... Like, when it comes to asking a question of a guest is, like... Whereas, you know, in the case of, like, Dorf's question, like, you know, he has the problem of, like, oh, I get I get nervous, you know? Um, my problem is I, I blank. Like, I can't think of a question. Yeah. Like, either somebody will have already asked, like, what I had thought of, and then it's like, well, I'm... I, that's the answer. I already got the answer. <laughs> like I heard the answer already. Or I just can't think of anything that seems worth asking. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm sure these people will. And like, I don't get a chart. Like, I'm not motivated. Like, it's like I want to have an interaction with this person. Um. So I'm going to ask a question no matter what, even if it's silly or misguided (laughs) or whatever um so i'll just not take up a space in line let somebody else who wants either has a really good question or feels like they're gonna get something out of the interaction i'll just leave the space for them it's fine yeah and and for me it's it it's been sometimes like just not like frustrating on a real like serious level but just mildly frustrating when it's like i'm sitting there and i'm like just the other day, I ran an interview with a, a guest where we sat down and talked for like 30 minutes and I came up with all these things to ask them. But now that I'm like in a line and I want to have like a, a simple question that they can answer that won't, you know, that'll that'll work with the flow of this panel. I just go completely blank. Whereas if it was me sitting down, turning on a microphone and recording an interview, I could think of like at least three or four questions right off the top of my head. Uh so the crowd is a huge part of it, I think. The crowd and also the atmosphere of a panel when you're on that limited time uh, and it's it's not just your time and someone else's, it's the whole room's time. Uh, it's a fascinating question on the experience end. Yeah, it's, it's either you gotta psych yourself up to not worry about it or do it enough times that you get used to it. Mm-hmm. I've also had it happen where I thought I had a banger of a question. Like, I'm like, all right, I got the hottest question. This is going to be great. And I ask it. And then, for whatever reason, the question made complete sense to me. Complete and and utter sense. The person you asked the question to just goes, boo, (laughs) sit down. (laughs) I mean, that's that's, that's because I was was tounding ass all over the place while I was asking the question. But uh, no, I've, I've asked you know, a question about like the craft of something that they do, and it, and in an attempt to make the question simpler, it just becomes esoteric and then doesn't really make a lot of sense, or it's way too vague. And then I then of course in that very moment, oh, I feel like the dumbest ass. So I'm like, oh great, now I just asked nonsense. <laughs> but you know, you got just got to push through it, and and let that stuff go when it happens. Uh, Seth, did you get anything this week? Yes. Then, Seth, let's talk about what we got this week! And then that's where I would put in a music cue if I had one, but I don't. Oh. What if you got one? Then I would probably slip it in there. 
Well, let's just all imagine there was a really nice piece of music. Did you uh, get any Transformers this week? Yes, I did. I got Uno. Tell me your Uno Transformer O. Hey, speaking of Hasbro putting out those Japanese figures in May. Yeah. I got Groove. You got. Oh, I don't have mine yet. How? Okay. You got Groove. Did you just get one Groove or did you go nuts and get like a case? I just got one Groove. Okay. I would have felt really, really dumb afterwards <laughs> if I got a case. What did I drink? What was I on? How's uh, how's Groove? So the legs aren't super floppy, but they do feel loose in the hips and the knees. Mm. So you'll be able to rub floor polish or whatever on the hips pretty easily, but the knees are more of a hinge. I don't know how easy that is to deal with. It's like it can be trickier, but it's doable. But like on his right leg, like as I tilt it back and forth, the right leg just sort of moves around. Hmm. So that one is floppy. The other one's just soft and the knees are soft. Um, so I'm glad I got him to put with the other Protectobots, but I'm really kind of underwhelmed by the figure in general. Um, at least on the one I got, maybe it's not. An across-the-board problem, but man, I have a hell of a time getting the legs to go together right in in motorcycle mode. Mm. Like, they're just constantly popping loose or t- not tabbing in. It's, it's kind of a th- mess. Like, not to the point of it's untransformable, but it's just, it takes a lot of squeezing and pushing and prodding and finagling get it 90% right. I'm curious if that was a problem on the Unite Warriors version, because I heard once people kind of got through the the initial smoke screen of like, it's Groove! Like some of the more critical reviews I saw of that figure said, like, this is actually a kind of a weak Combiner Wars figure. Like yeah. it, it feels like, I think the best description I saw was XV, I believe, described it as, it feels like a Combiner Wars figure designed by somebody else who was looking at the Combiner Wars line from, like, another room. And so, like, it, it's like, it feels like someone else doing a Combiner Wars figure in a kind of weird, awkward way. Yeah, it's very simple, the transformation. The legs, like, open up and collapse in, like, a couple of the jets. Yeah. Um, And then the arms just sort of fold over, and that's it. And then you flip the uh, front wheel and cowling up and around, and you're done. Mm-hmm. It's extremely simple. It's just, for some reason, at least on the one I got, the legs just don't go quite right. And then they're loose. So Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm real eager to get mine and see how, how mine feels. Because, yeah. I mean, I can fix the loose leg joints, but uh, it's... It's it's fixable too if it's just a tab and a slot that aren't playing right, but I find that a lot harder to tweak because that might involve some filing and then it becomes kind of nerve wracking because it's like oh now I got to do this like I got to file a bit at a time and test it. And yeah. Then... Well, there's like tabs under the seat part which are like his knee pads in robot mode that just don't connect. They just don't connect. They can't reach. Um, and it, it feels like the legs aren't closing up all the way 
but it looks like they're closed up all the way. Like, I squeeze them as hard as I can, and there's no more collapsing to do. So, it's it's kind of it's a little disappointing. And then robot mode's fine, but he's kind of he's a little bland. His guns are cool. Yeah, his guns kind of really jazz him up a bit. But you know, it's part of the color scheme of the Protectobots. He's mostly white. He has like three points of gold on his chest and waist and some black on his knees and feet so it's it's simple it's very simple yeah that's uh the comparisons uh from way back when that came out in hong kong were that he's his he's his shades are all a little different but paint wise he's kind of identical to the unite warriors version and Uh unite warriors uh paint was all very simple and cartoon oriented so I think I'm, I'm actually surprised that carried over because uh, that is a to me at least is a kind of a different look than Combiner Wars. Yeah, and I'd have to dig up the rest of my Protectobots to really see them together. I haven't had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, I've seen yeah. pictures and it looks all right. He's he's a bike leg. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's fine. He can be a bike <laughs> hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of like what they did in Combiner Wars with the little the little bike and not this giant, bigger-than-a-car bike. <laughs> yeah, the number of photos, like, it's one thing when people were like, all right, I got Wild Rider and Slingshot in here, Alpha, Bravo, and Off-Road, step to the side. But then, like, when I saw that round of pictures starting to happen with Groove, where people were like, all right, Rook, get lost, here's Groove. That's kind of like, Rook is a better toy, I think, than that Groove. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, Rook, yeah, I like the Rook toy. Like, just as a toy, like, forget about character and everything else. This is better. Yeah, like, I still like Groove. I like the fact that I can do a classic defense or if I want. But, like, I th- to see Rook treated in that same, like, time to discard the trash kind of way, I was like, I, I think that's kind of putting the blinders on a little bit. Yeah, like, I give it a three out of five. It's It's okay. It's not that bad, but it's not especially great either. Mm. It's just it's all right, it, and it, it it would just come down to like, do you really want that groove for your Productobot team? Yeah. If you feel like Rook is an interloper, and you just want an original looking team together, then go ahead and get it. If you like Rook just fine. Then yeah, you you might not need it, but it's really gonna kind of be where you land in that question. Yeah, like I, I'm happy to get Groove also just because I really am starved for Combiner Wars limb robots. Uh, the more the merrier. Um, but I also I also like the part where Groove's packaging is like, hey, he's part of Sky Rain, where because to me I'm kind of like, thanks for reminding me. Like I can kind of put him anywhere I want if I don't end up wanting him on Defensor. <laughs> Let's put put Groove over here on like Galvatronus or something. Yeah, get it dark. Um, well, Seth, I got one Transformers thing as well. Same, okay, same it. line, even. <gasps> I got G two Combiner Wars Menasaur. His colors are lovely. They're lovely. Uh, that's that's the main thing to talk about. Is his colors and paint work? I think are lovely. Uh, the only bummer about the paint is that they fully painted the pipe weapons blue, but because they just coated them in a coat of blue paint, 
some of their pegs are now too thick for some of the peg holes on the team. And it's a little little dicey here and there. Um, build quality-wise, on my copy, everyone so far feels, like, on par. Um, they're all looser than the rest of my toys because I haven't done any floor polish treatment, but they aren't, like, falling apart, really. Um, I've had... I've been trying to figure out if I have any problems with, like, Dead End keeping his legs together or, uh, or Wild Rider keeping his legs together uh, in arm mode, but mine so far has been okay. And... Uh, Blackjack, like, he, you know, he doesn't mount all that well unless you modify the pegs. But even modifying the pegs, my black, my G2 Blackjack only mounts in, like, one way. Uh, like, because you can put him in, like, you know, facing left or facing right. And mine needs to be facing uh, stage right. Or he doesn't hold on at all. Um, facing, the other, you know, the other way, he, he holds on tight enough. But uh, I, I like the set. The colors are all super on target. And uh, it is... Really cool to actually have a G2 Menasaur after all the years of that being like a, a like a completely unattainable uh, goal. And then right after I got this guy, G2 Bruticus was sighted in my province. So now I've got I've got G2 Bruticus and Victorion to go and hunt down eventually. But I also got Menasaur because I, I I nailed one of those great deals I was hoping to nail, and I got him for like I think like eighty something shipped U.S from amazon.ca and uh and it, it was like no i don't have to convert to american i'm thinking of another auction i got them for 100 canadian ships uh so it was basically like 33 percent off so mm. that was rock solid um and uh the artwork on the box is great the art poster included of the original artwork for the original colors version is great it's it's making me like I have to I have to get rid of some of these boxes now and it's starting to bum me out because like the Combiner Wars and Unite Warriors box art is some of my favorite Transformers packaging art in years and I really would love for there to be like an art book of it that I could buy because right now I'm sitting here going like maybe I'll just flatten the outer boxes and keep them all kicking around until I can get me an art book because I really like these artworks they're super solid. Um... But yeah, that's my G2 Manosaur story. I, uh, the first thing I did when I opened him up was pull out G2 Combiner Wars Breakdown and transform him to see another G2 Breakdown. And that felt kind of nice. Um, also, Combiner or G2 Dead End and Wild Rider, they're terrible colors. <laughs> like, and this is in context of the team. Like, you know how when you think of G2 Manosaur, you think of like, you know, turquoise and neon blue and purple? Yeah. Wild Rider and Dead End are just bright red and bright yellow. They don't hmm. match anything on the set. It's awful. Uh I still love them, but holy crap. Like the image of G2 Menasaur is so dominated by cold tones. This the just sudden red limb and yellow limb just stick out so amazingly awful. Uh like in 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 a way that I would say is in context awful, not just like oh G two colors, um, but I love the turquoise teal, uh, I guess more so teal of the hand foot guns, like that's lovely. So that's my on topic. What I got is I got me a menasaur, another one, another menasaur. Um, I'm trying to think of it. Oh no, I got I got two other. On, what am I saying? I forgot these are on topic and I got them. Because I just got them yesterday, and I was busy, so I hadn't messed with them much. I also got some unofficial toys, Seth. Third-party <gasps> third illegal toys. No. Oh. 
and I'm going to pull up hard returns photos of them because he took better photos than me. Uh, these are both from Mastermind Creations Ocular Max line, which is their posability and uh, studio ox oriented. Uh, hang on, I'm opening these up now. Studio ox oriented, posability oriented, masterpiece alike line. Uh, and it's uh, Liger and Backdraft. So Liger is uh, the second release in the line. This is a version of their original release, which was a Mirage done in blue. This one is done in Diaclone Red with a more toyetic-looking head, which is, like... And I really like that head sculpt because he's got the weird, like, separately colored jaw of the toy. Uh-huh. Um, it also has slightly just tighter joint tolerances overall than the original release of Sphinx, which was their Mirage. Uh, so he's he's really solid. And his box is also styled a whole lot more like Diaclone, uh, with like greens and like a certain font on perfection series. Uh, but then backdraft is their, uh, just now releasing version of Inferno. And so of course, looking at this guy now, like, like, especially right now is, is double interesting because we just have seen the official masterpiece Inferno revealed. Uh, there's also like two other unofficial Infernos out there. One is at, one is out. Make toys. This is out. X trans bots is still on the way and is apparently going to have the largest vehicle mode of the four. Um, which, I mean, I'm sure someone is, is into that. Like that's, that's a thing. I'm not as interested myself in that, but, uh, a backdraft is definitely like having messed with a test shot of it some months ago. It's incredible to feel this like production version. Cause like the joints are all like 500% more solid than on the test shot where the joints were like slowly decaying because it's a test shot. Um, and I, I really like the figure. Like there is an official one coming and I'm, I'm going to say, like, pick the one you like the most. Like, that's the answer to the question of which one is better. <clears throat> Backdraft's thing that I really like is the posability design. Like, it's just so nice. Uh, it's 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 extremely oriented towards solid posability in a way that I enjoy. And the vehicle mode <clears throat> is a lot cleaner in back than the official one. Uh, because there are more liberties being taken overall. Um, I'll send you a picture of the vehicle mode. But uh, Backdraft is able to have, like, that fully closed box in the back as opposed to, like, the obvious pair of arms, which is, again, like, a really neat piece of engineering. Whereas the official one is going for the more, like, original toy look in vehicle mode, the more cartoon look in in robot mode, and it disappears the latter. They they both serve their purposes. Um, Backdraft is just so delightful to pose. Uh, in like in, in highly dynamic postures with the, the double jointed knees, the toe joint, and everything, and I think I, I said this a, a little while ago on this on this podcast. Like Takara Tomy masterpiece toys are not unposable toys, but their posability is not like going for the crazy dynamic anime posability uh, that the Ocular Max stuff has gone for, which is a, a nice way to set the two apart. I think um, it's. And the th- the the discussion about all the multiple versions things, uh, having handled this and knowing that I am gonna order the official Inferno as well, um, it just it kind of cements the perspective to me of like, hey, there are all these options now. So I've already seen it bounced around. Like the official Inferno is so animation oriented that there are folks who prefer the look of your your masterpiece sideswipe prowl and wheeljack. 
uh, where there is more toy on them uh, than there is on, on Ironhide, Ratchet, and Inferno, and Rodimus. So there are some people who like the look of this one more because this one is calling more to the G1 toy first and then throwing in animation elements. Um, like this one has like the spring load switches on the forearms as just a, a detail homage. Um, so, you know, you can just get the one that you want now. <laughs> or if you really want to get the one that you want and you want to know everything, just wait till they're all out because they'll all probably still be attainable once the, the last one comes out. Um, and just take take your time. Also, another really cool gimmick on Backdraft is you see how there's like a normal hand and then like the missile hand? Yes. So the missile hand nozzle can shrink back and then you can open the forearm and rotate it around to be a hand instead. Oh, that's cool. So it's fully contained, which is really fun. But uh yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm super impressed with the feel of of the finished backdraft. The only like everything is ratcheted from the waist down in in the hips. Uh sorry, not everything in the waist down, but it, all all the hip and thigh joints all have clickiness to them. Um but uh I'm much like with Sphinx, like obviously they they tweaked a lot of Sphinx's joint uh glidinesses on Liger and I think also on the lighter blue version of Sphinx. But I want to know what backdraft feels like a couple months from now. Uh, because the, the Ocular Max stuff is all a lot more pin-oriented, uh, so I just, I want to know how the joints age as well. Um, which I, I'm not going to wait that long to do the review, but it's something I'd like to know about uh, as an owner of the thing. So, those are those are all my what I gots. Um, and it's been fun messing around with the fire truck also, because, like I said, it's been months since I got to mess with, with this design, and I was kind of missing it. So, I've closed that loop. Um, Seth, hey. was there anything off-topic that you got? Yes, two things. Uh-oh. Two things. Um, um, first, I'm going to go on a tangent and tell you a little story that popped into my head from yesterday. All right. Um, so, I'm at Costco, right? This is a very short story. As you do. So I'm at Costco and I see a girl and she's wearing a shirt that says, I am a 90s kid. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to yell in her face. BuzzFeed says only you understand. Only you understand. But I didn't because it would have been embarrassing. and would have been weird to just yell that at somebody. Yeah, I might have gotten punched out or something. <laughs> I definitely would have had a rough night with a girlfriend afterwards. She probably, Why would you? You embarrassed me. <laughs> no, you don't understand. It was for the movement, man. Only only 90s kids understand. <laughs> BuzzFeed said they have articles about it. Anyway, so off topic, I got two of the Mythic Legend figures from the Four Horsemen. Oh, I was so close to ordering two of them, but I was like, I gotta wait a little bit. I don't have enough money. Ooh, which two would you have gotten? There's so many. I So I'm kind of lucky. I only actually like the look of about four of them. Uh -huh. um, but the two I would order would be Gorgo, either Blood or Blood or either Blade or the the bad guy with the horns, <clears throat> like the Black Knight guy, and then Malleus. Right, I got Malleus, and uh, I forget his name, but he's the Minotaur guy. Yeah, I'm looking at that Gor Gorgo guy. Gorgo is. Oh no, he's too antlery for me. I I like the antlers because they're like they're just too big, but they're too big in a way I sort of enjoy. All right. So there are some limitations on their posability. 
Like, some of the elbows don't bend as far as you'd want. Trash! And some of the knees don't bend as far as you would hope. And some of the armor bits get in a, a little more in the way than you would like. But they look fantastic. They're really spectacular figures. As far as sculpting and paint and detail and everything is amazing. Like, I just look at them and just go, damn, these are nice. <laughs> Um, their big armor shoulder plates are kind of neat in that they peg onto their backs. So there's nothing attaching the front of the shoulder plate to them, mm-hmm. which gives you a little flexibility. And they do pivot on where they plug in. So you can kind of, you can move them out of the way some. And the, the plastic the, is, is in general like kind of a sort of dense flexible from what I saw in some videos. On unlike those bits, yes. Hmm. Like there's they're made up of different plastics. Like the main body parts are much harder where like the armor pieces, their hands are a little more vinyl-y feeling. Like I don't know what precise plastics are used and whatnot. But like with the Minotaur guy, um his head and shoulders is like the minotaur parts are just one big giant head piece. So like if you popped his head off, you would take the neck and and the uh like the the traps. Is that the muscle on the shoulder? Yeah. Um so the so the actual figure shoulders and torso are like a lot lower, which gives it like a much more bestial profile. Which I which I like. He's a little tricky to get to stand on his hoof feet, but like he's not as solid as Malinus standing. I'm kind of got to be a little more careful balancing him. I'm I'm curious because I haven't looked at the Minotaur very much, but he sounds like he might be based on the old Scarabus body because that that had hoof feet as well. And yeah, if if he feels possible. older, that might explain it. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say it feels older. Oh, no, so not like not like physically older, but if it just doesn't feel like as nice or as as cleanly designed, I guess. If the, if he feels I like a little, say that. Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I misunderstood. I was just describing you. how it, how he's made. I misunderstood you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. it happens. <laughs> um, the axes. <laughs> okay, so the Minotaur dude comes with one axe and a shield. And a big sword. And they both come with a belt that is a soft, rubbery kind of plastic. I'm not sure how you get the belt around their waist. Because they don't... It's not like a like a, a toy belt that has like a peg and a hole. It's just like one piece. Uh, um, I wonder if you're just supposed to pop his waist joint open. That's what I was wondering. And I kind of tugged a little... But I was afraid to pull too hard until I knew for sure. Um, so once you get that in, like they look fine without it, but that has like a slot to it where you can stick sword the sword. Okay. If you want him to have the sword, and then the axes are cool because, um, like the way it comes out of the box or out of the package, is it's a single bladed axe with like a spike on the opposite side of the blade. 
but then it comes with a second blade so that spike can be popped off and replaced with another blade to make a double-headed axe so you have that option all right how many axes blades you want and then all of them the shield's fine it has a like a weird antler deer head kind of design on it that's okay um but Malinus is really something special. And if these things were a little cheaper, I'd have a hard time not getting just all the skeletons. <laughs> um, he's got these just big, flat, heavy feet that make him easy to stand. Um, they don't all... Like this, um, I'm looking at the uh, Legion Builder skeleton. has a different style foot, but I'm sure it stands fine. Um, even though he's a skeleton, like the, the bones that make up his arms and legs are, are substantial. So you don't have to worry about busting them and his weird spiky collar that kind of comes up over his face. That's a very soft vinyl-y kind of plastic and his shoulder pads kind of bump and squish it. So you kind of got to like. At least while I'm posing them, I kind of got to like readjust those bits so the shoulder pads aren't pushing it up so it looks detached from his chest piece. Um, but he comes with a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like he comes with that belt. He comes with a sword, like a different sword than the Minotaur does. And he comes with two axes with all the parts to either do them single or double bladed. Yeah, his accessory loadout looks like the best of the whole line. From yeah. like I I did I tried to do a little bit of due diligence on it when I wanted to figure out like if I was gonna get a couple which ones would I get, and it's like it's him and Gorgo like the rest of the line to me doesn't even compare as far as my tastes are concerned. Um, oh, also I'll just say the Minotaur is not based on Scarabus. I went and did some picture looking. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean there's a lot of figures in this wave that that I I kind of look at and kind of eh, um. Like, there's just something about the, the skin color on the orcs that looks odd. But, I mean, I don't dislike them. It just, if anything, I'm grateful that the majority of them I can live without. I'm, uh, I'm ecstatic very, that I, yeah. I don't want the whole line. <laughs> yeah. And, and like with the birds, the, the bird guys they did, the um, just pick a couple that you're really into. And you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. Do you feel like the $50 price, like it's a markup, but it's an understandable as far as like a retailer markup. Do you feel like that still works for them? Like at 50 bucks? Uh, just, Mm. it's really kind of the upper limit I would consider for them. Um, but like, I'm just so impressed with the sculpting and the paint and everything They They look fantastic. Um, but it, it does put it at the point where if they were 35 or 40, I probably would have gotten one more. 35 was the original price, I believe. Yeah. I might've gotten two more. I don't know. Um, but it would have been cool to have like a few different skeletons, skeleton guys to hang out together and just look creepy. Yeah, um, there's there's a guy called Tibius who's a skeleton with like a ragged cape. I think he looks really uh-huh. cool. 
And they the skeletons have articulated jaws. Yep. Um, any skeleton toy that you can't open the mouth on is garbage. Throw it away. Um, but just like all the cracks sculpted into the skull and the paint. Like, I'm looking at the head on Malinus here. So it's kind of a dull brownish tone to the bone. So it looks like old and gross. Um, and there's like a darker wash that brings out all the cracks. And then the, the teeth are picked out in a in more of a white. But even those are completely painted, like in between the teeth is black. So it's not just a row of like white. Every tooth is picked out against a black outline. Um, it's really high quality. That's it's excellent. how I would have painted it myself if I was painting it back when I used to paint stuff. Yeah, um, like like the paintwork on the whole line looks stunning for production yeah. pieces. And I love the the shade of green for his armor. It's like a dull, dark diseased looking green <laughs> it's got yeah, it's got some a little touch of snot and a little touch of vomit yeah um they're really really cool i'm very happy to have them they will look cool next to my vulture guy yeah no I, I i got the crow dude when that shows up and i i've got to start like paying attention to what four horsemen are up to the next time they do a kickstarter <laughs> So I could get in on some cheaper prices or something. I'm but, uh, I'm I'm real sad I didn't get in on when they they briefly were available for thirty five bucks each, like before Big Bad got theirs. Because uh, like Forceman had some stock they put up, uh-huh. but it like a lot of it went fast, and all all the Kickstarter backers got first dibs on the on ordering extras from that that remaining stock. As they probably should. As they should. And, yeah, that meant they're like, hey, if you didn't back it, then, hey, you got last dibs. So, <laughs> again, I'm super happy. I only really want two or three of these. Because that means it's not eating at me that much. <laughs> yeah. And they photograph fantastically. Oh, that looks... Yeah, there's a Seth Son of Photo with, with... Hey, there's a red light source in this. Yeah. So, yeah, when I was taking some pictures, I, I played with... Uh, we have a hue go so i would position that at different distances and change what color it is to throw some different hues and stuff um that looks sharp really played around with it because when i took that picture so in this picture i have the malinus and the marvel legends ghost rider standing back to back and there's a white light on the malinus side so ghost rider was in a lot of shadow and his body just kind of disappeared in the pictures. So I grabbed the go and set it to red. And then it also give, gave the illusion that the flames from ghost Rider's head was reflecting off the back of Malinus's skull. No, it, it totally looks like ghost Rider's head is the light source. It's really cool. Um, yeah. So they are pretty great. Stoked, yeah. The Gorgo and Malleus. I, I hope they don't sell out before I pick them up. That would be a bummer. Um, 
I think I just saw Malianus still available on Big Bad. I'm, I'm looking at him now. Tibby. Or Gorgo. I didn't get to where Malianus is. Tibby is sold out, but Malianus and Gorgo are still there. They have this gold skeleton for 40. Oh, the troop builder? Yeah. That's a little weird looking, being gold. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The armor looks bland. Like, the idea that somebody, like, some crazy necromancer raised this skeleton and then coated its bones in gold. Like, that's kind of cool. But the armor pieces look super bland and unpainted. Or... Like, I love that idea. Yeah. Some, like, <laughs> super arrogant necromancer that's like, my skeleton guards like my personal like royal guard skeletons are gold <laughs> that's how we know they're elite <laughs> we know they're special ah <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i'm i'm happy to hear that that line is turning out so good and i know there are going to be a few people who were backers who are going to be jealous to hear that you've got them because there are some backers still waiting for theirs yeah um fake eyes responded that he's waiting mm -hmm. to some of my tweets <laughs> I was like, what did you do? Get the Kickstarter? He goes, yeah. And then I called him a sucker. <laughs> uh, Even though I'm sure he paid less all in all. but That's whatever. what he gets. Well. Cool. Uh, anything else on your end? No. That's all that's on my end. So. You didn't get anything off topic? No ridiculous it's just been i I'm, i got him another set of improv classes going on anyone uh, anyone in the toronto area wants to come see my class do our show it'll be on sunday june 19th at the john candy box theater downtown toronto for five bucks you can get in and watch some improv i saw you tweeting about that i thought that i thought john candy box was the name of your improv troupe oh no it's a box theater named after john candy oh but yeah, it took me a few does, times does your, to, to put that Does together. your improv troupe have a name? We're the the uh, improv intensive class, uh, C intensive class, improv level C intensive class is our name. You need a name. The, the hot, hot provers. Hot provers? Yeah. We towned lots of ass. There you go. <laughs> Ass Town. <laughs> ass Town. So if you want to come out and see Ass Town, it's at 3 p.m. Uh, on Sunday, June the 19th for five bucks. John Candy Box Theater, downtown Toronto. Please come on out if you are in the area and listen to this and I haven't yelled at you personally because uh, it's more fun to do that stuff for a crowd. So, Seth, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me again. Yeah. And uh, thank you all for listening. Um, this week we did skip some pictures of cars that are on the set of the new film. Uh, but hey, maybe I'm just saving those for the eager uh, Even Team's ongoing live-action movie coverage. Just torturing them. You're just torturing those poor boys. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just waiting until one of them is just like a... Just twitching on the floor. Get someone to start yelling, He's already dead! And I'll be like, I know, but he's not dead inside yet. Um. Oh, I found a BuzzFeed article on what to name your improv group. All right. 
Oh, it's like one of those quizzes where you answer some questions. Oh, those are too much work. No, we should do this. I don't... We should do this. How many questions is it? Uh, I don't know. All right, just ask me the questions. Okay. Um, okay, first you got to choose a formal, a former Saturday Night Live cast member. Uh, I see Christian Wig here. I see Maya Rudolph. I see... Uh, um, 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 I wish their names were on here. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, uh, the... Um, Jimmy Fallon, uh, uh, she was one of the originals, uh, died of cancer. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, Tracy Morgan. That's so frustrating. Those are your choices. The, the one whose name I can't remember. Okay, we'll click her. Um, what's your most recently watched comedy? Parks and Rec, Whitney, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 30 Rock, Workaholics, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Bob's Burgers, Two Broke Girls, or Saturday Night Live? Uh, d- d- Tonight Show. Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you normally start a scene on stage? Sitting on the ground? Just as a bro hanging out? Johnson, get in here with a question? Folding something on a table? Stirring something in a bowl? I'm sorry I'm late? As a kid on the playground or walking a dog? Folding something on a table. Are you just picking things or is that for real? I mean, of those options, that's the only one I've actually started a scene doing. Okay. Pick a plaid. Um, This is going to be hard to describe. (laughs) Um, This one's like mostly blue diamond kind. This one's like very blue squares, uh, green squares, pink squares, dark red like every friggin' color, uh, <laughs> purple, yellow, and like a beige. Blue diamonds. Blue diamonds. There's also like some brown to it. Yeah. Is that okay? Ah, uh, I already said it. Let's go with it. Okay. Uh, choose a made-up warm-up. Uh, here's your options. What's up? Gross guest. Rhyming Simon. Gone fishing. Nut check. Loop and scoop. Swap wishes, group hug, chop and pass. I don't know what any of those are, so I'm gonna go with It's a made up warm up. I'm gonna go with nut check. Nut check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pick a soda, Coke Zero Coca-Cola, Diet Coke, Fanta, Sprite, Pepsi, Barks, Dr. Pepper, Cherry Coke, and AW Cream Soda. Well they left mine out, so Fanta. Fanta, Fanta. It's orange Fanta. Is that okay? Yeah, that's the good one. Okay. Choose a punny restaurant name. Barley and Me, Kale of Justice, Give Me a High Frive, Shakes and Giggles. It's like Fry dash V-E. Give Me a High Frive, Shakes and Giggles. Spin H around Iron and Winery. Oh, that one's terrible. Oatmeal with the mostest. Yeah. Raise the stakes or Berry Delicious. Okay, I hate it, so I'm going to go with High Frive. Okay. Because that's not, uh, this is the terrible, that's not even nice to say. Like High Frive. Yeah. Okay, now you got to pick a pair of Converse. 
Um, these are like a blue boat shoe kind of vibe, uh, like like mid height, like just regular kind of shoe. Are, cut. Are, are any of them? These are like a low cut shoe. Uh, that's a lighter blue, like a teal high top, like the classic kind of Converse with the Converse logo on the ankle. Uh, these are like a regular cut shoe, but they're like gold. Uh, this is like a white canvas shoe. This is a black high top without the Converse logo, a red high top with a green high top with, and like a, a dim, like faded red and white stripe high top with logo. Black with no logo. You're not supposed black to wear logos blue. if you can avoid it. But it's Converse. Um, how do you like to end a show in a marriage with an 80s victory fist pump with a long definitive handshake shout a or in a shout out on another planet in a divorce and the town was saved in a quiet and sweet agreement? Thanks for being a buddy. Uh, the handshake. 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 Where'd it go? Definitive handshake. Okay, so your group name, this is the name of your improv group, is Make Your Own Damn Sandwich. How fascinating would it be to look at the algorithm that created that? And it, so there's a description to go with the name. All right. The name of your game is Feminism, and you're sticking to it. Okay. And sticking to it, and... or. Uh, you're sticking to it and sticking it to the patriarchy at the same time. Your show will be totally radical, but in a funny and endearing all the same time. Funny and endearing all at the same time. I don't know what about your answers were feminist. Well, as I was saying... Well, you were folding something on a table and women do the laundry, so... How fascinating would it be to look at the algorithm behind the, all of those questions and answers. I think it's BuzzFeed pu- pushing a political agenda. I think it's BuzzFeed getting you to click through a bunch of things with ads on the page. Oh, there was only one page. It didn't go page to page. Oh. It, was all, it was all contained. I mean, there's hella ads and links and stuff as you work your way down, but it wasn't like one of those things where it was like every question was a new page. I mean, I wouldn't be upset about us being a feminist improv group. I'm just not sure what that A means and what B I would really bring to the table. Well, you'd be sticking it to the patriarchy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, stick it to them. I'll you'd st- probably, well, once you're a disgusting man... Um, you would probably be the butt of most of the jokes. I'll, I'll I'll stick stuff up, patriarchs. You'd have to do a scene about man spreading and man splaining. Gilda Radner, that's who that was. Yeah, her. Yeah, so I thought it was, but then I was like, wait, was she Saturday Night Live or was she SCTV? And I totally had a brain fart. Uh, this is an awful page. <laughs> God. Oh, was that Horatio Sands? Was that the guy that I couldn't remember? I'm not sure who. In the upper right corner. I don't know who that is. He's lost a lot of weight. That's why I think I didn't recognize him at first. Like, you know that Christmas song that had Jimmy Fallon and Tracy Morgan and... Yeah. And the, the chubby guy? That was Horatio Sands. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd 
no, not, none of those three would be my selection in there. It would be Gil... The, I think it's kind of, like, unfair to have... Here's eight people and Gilda Radner. Like, who's not going to pick Gilda Radner? Oh, Tina Fey's pretty great. I guess, but... I mean, but she didn't really do sketches. Who's the one that picks Jimmy Fallon? Well, you picked The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. That's because I haven't seen any of those other shows. <laughs> you haven't seen any of these other shows? Some of these shows are great. I know. Most of them I've never seen. I've seen 30 Rock and Bob's Burgers. But Two Broke Girls, yikes. I mean, I see, yikes. I've seen an episode of Bob's Burgers, but that was like two or three years ago. Oh. So, it's, it's a good show. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I liked it. I just I haven't seen it in ages. Like To be completely honest, the most recently watched of all those shows was Tonight Show. Yeah. And that was still like three months ago. <laughs> and that was probably just a clip on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Seth. Uh, You're welcome. So tell your improv pals. I'll do my best. That your name from now on is make your own damn sandwich. All right. I want to know what the other answers are now. Before I do that, uh, thank you all for listening. I'm going to close up this recording. So, uh, bye bye. Make your own damn sandwich. June 19th, 3 p.m. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.